Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of When Sports Collide. Football and wrestling all smacked in one, my friends. Hope you're having a great week and a great weekend. Hope it's all going nice and fine and dandy for you. But I'm the host right here, the number one voice in the podcasting world today, the number one in, in the sports and talking, the number one in all, babies, your friend of mine, the host with the most, the hip breaker, the record breaker, the record producer, the hip breaker man on down, Stephen Booth, baby. Sorry if that was a little dumb coming in. I was trying to be funny and cute there, but hey, how you doing? I'm the host, Stephen Booth, baby. Hope you're going to have a great time listening to my show. Trying to get these where they're not as long, but yeah. Well, I guess I uh, just want to say thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, numbers are doing good, so but I'm working on it. I'm trying to be a good, good sports guy because I love sports. You know, really wrestling and football, I love them too. Excuse me. But just thank you and bear with me. It'll get better and better and better as I go, man. Anyways, um, I guess we'll dive on in, uh, dig into some college football first, and I'll do my uh, preview. All right. <clears throat> Let's dig into some college football. Do my little college preview of the teams that I've been doing. I'm going to start out with... Well, if I get the right freaking one here. Alright, we are going to start out with Georgia. I'm going to start out with the offense. The defense has been... The star of the two national championships. There we go. Two national championship runs. But the offense was even more of a machine. The D was ninth in the, in the nation in total defense. The offense was fifth, averaging 500 points per game with a, a terrific balance and peak efficiency. And finished number one in the nation in red zone efficiency. All that, and it did the uh, near impossible by being explosive while still being able to control the clock. Former offensive coordinator Todd Mucken is now the now with the uh, Cleveland Browns, and back in the fun is Mike B uh, Bobo. The Georgia, def the Georgia offense coordinator in the late 2000s to mid-2010s Nothing stops. The O might be the O might even be better at the skill spots. It all starts with a killer of an offensive line. The Bulldog front five paved the way for uh, two, 205 rushing yards per game, was fourth in the nation's in sacks allowed, and second in tackles for loss allowed for tackles for loss allowed. It might, it might have been the most underappreciated position group in the country last season. It gets, a, uh, it gets a slew of key guys back, starting with center Cedric Vaughn playing in the guard, in the guard ter, uh, tandem 
of Xavier Trust and Tater Rat uh, Radledge. They're all good, but there's a shot outside tackle. Omaris Memes is the uh, first of the bunch drafted next year. And it's possible the most talented uh, blocker of all is 6'4", 330-pound redshirt freshman Ernest uh, Green, who is expected to take over the fourth overall pick in Broderick Jones of left at left tackle. Leading rusher Ken, uh, Kenny McIntosh is done, but Georgia went with a deep enough rotation to be just fine with the ground game. Edwards was seconds on was second on the team with 769 yards. Uh, Kennedale Melton is a 220-pound uh, breakaway threat who averaged seven hundred. Uh, yeah. Seven yards per pop <clears throat> with eight uh, with eight scores. And Brandon Robinson is another 220-pounder who added 330 yards to the fourth uh, back in the mix. They'll all produce big, big behind the great line. McIntosh was also a terrific receiver, catching 43 passes last season. Fortunately, the receiving corp is stronger. The top target is Brock Browers, a do-it-all tight end with the top 10 overall talent and receiving skills, leading the way with 63 yards for 900, or wait, 63 grabs for 942 yards and seven touchdowns. Lead receiver Lade McConey, Returns after making uh, 58 grabs. Marcus uh, Rousme Jackson is a dangerous deep threat who will get all on the uh, X now. Sorry if I'm butchering these names. And coming in from Missouri is the team's top receiver. Hi, you're up. Top receiver Dominic Lafayette after catching 56 passes for 846 yards and three scores. He hit Georgia for six catches for 84 yards last season. All coming, uh, all coming over is Mississippi State. Oh, also coming over is Mississippi State transfer. Roya Thomas, after making 62 grabs with 12 scores over, oops, sorry about that, over the last two seasons. Who's going to throw the ball this year? Stetson Bennett was, Stetson Bennett was even better than you think, throwing for over 4,000 yards last year with 27 touchdown passes. Just seven picks and running for 10 scores. That and he pulled the Missouri game out of the fire, and the game uh, came up massive late to pull off the thriller uh, over Ohio State. He was the walk-on, made good story. The commitment Georgia quarterbacks are big-time recruits with all the tools and talent needed to uh, rip it up this year. Five-star sophomore Brooke 
Vandengriff is a good all-around quarterback who could be the most effective uh, runner for the bunch. Four-star redshirt freshman Gunnar Stockton can also move, but he's likely the third third guy in the mix. Five-star Dylan Rallaugh is the most talented uh, uh, option. But he's not he's not averaging he's not arriving until 2024, so the odds on favorite is six four two hundred fifteen junior Carson Beck. Let's just call him a four point five star pro, uh, prospect who has the most experience in the system and should be the best passing option for now. So that's the offense. Let's get with the defense. <laughs> Alabama and Ohio State have the problem with all, all the time all the time. And now Georgia is exper- experiencing the job of having a ton of NFL talent to replace 19 Bulldog defensive players who were drafted over the last 3 years with five selected last season. And there's a lot more where that came from. The coordinator combination of Will Muschap and Sean Spencer is fantastic, and they have a whole lot to work with. The secondary uh, lost likely NFL stars cornerback Kelly uh, Ringo went to the Eagles, safety Christopher Smith went to the Raiders, and somehow might have even uh, been better. The safety combination of Malachi Starks, Javin Bullard, and Tyke Smith is next level. Starks was third on the team with 68 stops. Uh, Bullard is a, a possible first rounder who can get into the backfield. Leslier is uh, is the new top corner, getting smoke buoy from Texas A&M helps. Sophomore Dylan Evert is likely taking over for Ringo. Linebackers Small Modden and James Domas Johnson are distractive forces. They finished one and uh, one and two in tackles, respectively, combining for one hundred and forty-six stops and seventeen tackles for a loss. Nolan Smith might have been the thirtieth pick overall to the Eagles. And Robert Bell is off to the 49ers. But Jazz Shambliss has been around long enough to be a factor at one of the out, outside uh, spots. Jordan Davis, then Jalen Carter, and now Warren Bright- Branson. Branson isn't all that level of the uh, first two, but he's yet another high, another huge active defensive tackle will keep the production going next uh, next to 320-pounder Nazair Stackhouse and 295-pounder Zion uh, Lodge on the uh, nose. The bunch will eat up everything. Top pass rusher Williams, just 4.5 sacks, but he's a burst. And do in uh, he's a burst. Will do more at 
one one end spot and the uh, pressure in the backfield will come from everywhere. All right. Now let's go to my team. The University of Texas. Let's see their preview for the year. All right, we're going to start out with the offense. The offense should go more explosive and be more dangerous down the field with a loaded group of receivers, three potential superstar quarterbacks, and everyone of note accepted to be back up front. The O should be the relatively... Injury proof as long as, <coughs> sorry about that, there isn't a rash of problems on the line. And there's no reason to finish in the Big 12 in total offense and third in scoring. There's too much pop to be so uh, inconsistent. That is very true. Texas has talent. There's no excuse for them to win now. There's no replacing uh, Bijan Robinson. More on this in the uh, key to season section. But when Texas runs, Texas wins, and it doesn't have the Atlanta Falcons starting running back. In his 1,580 yards and 18 touchdowns around anymore. Jonathan Brooks, Jaden Blue, and Kalen Robinson should should form a strong rotation with Brooks about to explode, partly uh, because he is so good. Yes, I am very ready to see this new backfield coming up because they say they got a lot of talent, and what I have seen in practices and in scrimmages are looking good. So, you know, the starting five up front should be the best, at least most experienced in the Big 12. Tackles Kelvin Banks. Excuse me. And Christian Jones lead the way. But there's potential all Big 12 caliber season coming from all five spots on the line. That was the second best in the Big 12 in the sacks allowed. The depth is a, a tad thin, but there's a young talent waiting in the wings. The receiving uh, room will be devastating. Yes, they they did good this uh, offseason getting more uh, people in their uh, receiver room. It's looking good. Uh, Xavier Worthy caught 60 passes for 760 yards last year and nine scores. And here's the thing with him. He had an off year, and he dropped a lot of passes. And I was always wondering about him going, what's all this hype, man? He he ain't producing like he should with all this hype. Come to find out, the dude was playing with the broken fucking hand, man. That shows me he's just got some balls. That's why he was dropping shit. So I'm so glad his hand's better, and he, he'll probably have a better year. I got a feeling he might have a breakout year this year because that's crazy. I thought he was just not that good. But, man, he, yeah, he... Crazy. If he can do that on a broken hand, what can he do with that 100% working hand? All right. Then we're going to go to Jordan uh, Whittington, who came back after making 60 grabs or 50 grabs last year. 
and tight end Tavian Sanders. Yes, he is back, and this boy is awesome. But I'm, after this year, he'll probably go in the NFL. He's in the uh, in the Makey Award mix, coming off a 54-catch, five-grab season. And the Georgia's, uh, Georgia's receiver transfer there, Transfer Mitchell is coming into the part of uh, part of the fun. Oh, he looked good in the spring games. He caught that one TD one-handed, but he's looking really good. He's ready. A, re- a re- returner from a torn ACL that cost him all of last season. His former Wyoming transfer Aja Nair is a flash of lightning who. Averages 20 yards per grab with 12 scores in 2021 with the Cowboys. And, and so it comes down to that he would do better too this year because he was hurt last year, so he didn't get to play a full year. So There's no wrong answer here in the quarterback battle. You got Quinn Ewers is likely to be the main man to start this season, but he has to do more uh, – be more consistent this year. The NFL tools are there. They hit Washington for 369 yards in the bowl loss, and he was picking apart Alabama last year before he got hurt. But he his struggles against Oklahoma State and TCU were costly in the costly losses. Archie Manning should get a year to be around the system, but yeah, he's far he's far. Real, far real beyond the uh, last name. And then there's the uh, wild card and all this. Makayla, yeah, Makayla Murphy. Now, this kid's good. I mean, Manning's good, but if Manning don't, uh, I mean, I know Manning, this is his first year, but next year's going to be a hell of a quarterback battle. But this year, Murphy's going to be the second stringer. But he's a 6'5", 235-pounder rock with the uh, size, arm, and upside to deep, to be deep in the uh, hunt for the time. All right, now let's get on with the D defense. The defense doesn't have quite the same level of talent as the offense. But I will say the defense looked a hell of a lot better than it did the year before. But there were some key games that we let a lot of yards go. Anyways, but it's the it's the it's full of veterans from a group that finished second in the Big 12 in total and scoring defense was great at getting to the backfield. There were a few blown times and losses to Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Washington, and there needs to be more of passes passes excuse me more of a pass rush to go along with the tackles for losses. But it was the first time since 2014 the defense allowed fewer than five yards per t- per play. The secondary might be the most interesting position group in the uh, team other than quarterback. It has a returning veteran safeties, uh, Jer- Jaron Thomas and Jaden Barron. He's also all over the field. And Connor Ryan Watts is great, but there, but, 
but there there but there needs to be more big plays. Those three combined for a four of the teams ten interceptions. Wake Forest transfer Calvin Holmes will be taken into one corner spot to handle the speed receivers in big uh, hitting. Arkansas transfer Jalen Jacqueline steps in as safety. If the new guy is is really that good, this linebacker core will be strong. Jalen Ford is in a... Let me get this. All right, Jalen Ford is an all-Big 12 caliber tackling machine with a team-high 119 stops in the middle. And David Jabida, <coughs> excuse me, is around for the for his fifth year of work. But the spotlight is on Anthony Hill, a superstar recruit who might who might not have received the national hype of Archie, but should make more of more of a year one impact. I will say I'm ready to see this cat especially him and Ford at the same time on the field. Oh, God, that would be so awesome because he is, man, Ford is freaking awesome. And Anthony Hill, man, he looked good in spring game. God, he looked good. (coughs) So we'll see, man, but I'm ready to see that linebacking core too. The line has enough experience to be more of a rock. The tackle combination of sweet, and Murphy will soon be in the NFL. Brian Samol should be a more dangerous pass rusher, and a slew of underclassmen should play big roles around a slew of big older parts. Yes, so there's a there's some hype, not a whole lot of hype around Texas this year. Thank goodness, because I hate it when there's a lot of hype. But there's not a, so much hype, so. Maybe it'll be a hope. I'm, I think it's going to be a good year. I really do think. I don't think we're going to win a national championship or nothing, but I think Texas can win the Big 12 this year. So, all right, let's get on with who's next? Alabama. Seeing Texas is going to have a uh, test second week of the season going against Alabama. All right, now we're going to go into the offense. Don't have its. Uh, the offense doesn't have the normal array of sure thing superstar wide receivers. The ground game was fine but not special. And the two in the ten two regular season might have been flirting with uh, eight and four. If Bryce Young does if Yike, blah, 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 Bryce Young was not under center. Yeah, because he kind of saved their butt in that Texas game. Because we had the right play for the right, you know, situation called a corner blitz. And, I mean, I can't knock the quarterback for cornerback for Texas because he was there in position. It's just Young was a better athlete and juked him out of his boots and got the first down and then some. I think it got the first down or a touchdown, one of the two. But, yeah, very talented kid. Uh, Young wasn't under center. It was a good attack, but it missed the uh, steady power running game. Wasn't amazing on third downs. Allowed a few too many plays behind the line. 
wasn't always the sh- was behind the line. Wasn't always as sharp as normal. And whatever 2022 didn't represent the Alabama offense's best work, and it's still average. Averaged 477 yards and 41 points per game. See, now this year's going to be different, though. Oh, they're both. Well, they're going to be talking about that here. So, the starting quarterback is one big question mark. Julian Sign appears to be the next Alabama superstar up, but it's not averaging, and he's not arriving until next year. For now, Jalen Melro is maybe short, maybe short of possibility. The odds on favor. He was great in place of uh, injured Young with 91 rushing yards in the 49-26 win over Arkansas. That was way that was way tighter than that until late. Okay, but the passing accuracy is questionable. Ty Simpson has the bigger upside. The five-star get from last season has a has every shot at the gig, but has a wee step behind Melro and suffered a slight elbow injury that's off season. And then there's the wild card Notre Dame transfer, Tyler Bunchner. He is a good runner and an okay passer. More on, anyways, he's a pretty good runner and a pretty good passer. Then we have. Then we're talking about the uh, receivers, I guess. No, the running backs: Jamison, Mitchie, Devontae, Wild, Wildly, Judy, Ruggs, Ridley, Amar, Julia, or Julio. Oh, this is the receivers. Alabama's a uh, wide receiver talent run was legendary, and last year it dropped off. Maybe Bryce Young appeared the uh, ball around, or maybe Bryce Young spread the ball around, and running back Jamie Gibbs was the most reliable uh, target. But the wide receivers, while dangerous, weren't quite at the same level of past units. Excuse me. That's, uh, That's probably going to change with the top two receivers. Jamal Jamal, oh wait, Jamal, I'm reading that wrong. Jeremiah Butt Burton and Brooks are, are returning. They're both dangerous deep threats. Boyd is a good, good-looking young uh, option, and coming in from the uh, JUCO ranks is uh, is Benson, a potential devising playmaker who can do a little of everything. Also added to the mix, Maryland transfer C.J. Dipper, Dipperer, an NFL-sized pass catcher, 30 grabs for 314 yards in, the, in, three, sco- in three scores. Now we're going to get on with the defense. Here's where the refresh comes. The defense was a... Was a tad too inconsistent against the run last year. The secondary had a few high-profile bad days. Tennessee, Texas, 
and there were problems picking off passes, and the penalties at times were astounding. Yeah, I will say I had never seen an Alabama game like in that Texas game that had so many penalties. You never see a Nick Saban team get so many penalties like that. Okay. And Alabama finished 12th in the nation in total defense. Ninth in scoring D and number one in the SEC in passing efficiency defense. There's no replacing Anderson, even if you're uh, Alabama. Veteran Chris Braswell moves into the uh, jack position with the uh, responsibility of turning it, it, turning it losses into the backfield. Paired with Dallas Turner on the other side, and the tide will get to the quarterback. Lawson will come. Lawson will come up with a, a ton of tackles in the middle, and the spotlight will be on Georgia transfer Daysman Marshall at one at one outside gig. <coughs> uh, as always. The front three is loaded with massive uh, humans. <coughs> Damn, who can uh, who can move? <coughs> Jesus, Oates is sixty-five, three hundred twenty-eight pounds. Uh, space heater for the middle of the thing. In the rotation is six-three, three hundred nine pound uh, Barras. Then Tim Smith is a 6'4", 302-pounder veteran on one end. And 6'5", 292-pounder Justin Egoby is then small fry on the other side. The secondary is way too good to only pick off six picks again. Anderson had one. Broken up passes, broken up pass machine, Kool-Aid, McKinsey McKinsey might be the first uh, corner of the uh, board next year and a top 10 overall pick or both one oh on the other side will likely be the Louisiana transfer Trey Amos a solid veteran with 49 tackles and 13 breakup passes over the last two seasons Two seasons. Then Moore is a next level safety who's only missing the big stance. Those should come with the seasons and stopping a few new Cincinnati Bengal Jordan battle at strong safety is the combination. All right, so that's the defense for them guys. We'll see how good uh, Alabama does this year. All right, and our last school to cover today is Ohio State. The Ohio State offense has been devastating for a long time. That's what happens when you always have pro players around. Number two last year in scoring defense, number nine in total offense, number two in passing efficiency. The team hung up 467 yards and 41 points on Georgia. As always, there are a loss. As always, there are a loss to NFL parts, and as always, there are more NFL parts waiting to show off. 
Pryor, Miller, Barrett, Jones, Fields, Strat or Strut, along with the uh, current Alabama run, that's about as good as it gets when it comes to a high-end session of quarterbacks. Would it be nice to still have Quinn Ewers around? Yes, but Brown has a super has a super potential, and there's always the next five star guy waiting in the uh, wings. However, the however this appears to be Kyle McCord's time. He's a six three, two hundred fifteen pound pounder, who uh, passer with uh, NFL upside, and he's been around the uh, system long enough to be ready for the next OSU QB up. Is he going to be as smooth, calm, and have some uh, vision as Strut? That's asking for the world. But he'll put up massive numbers behind one of the nation's best offensive lines. The receiving core is once again loaded with guys who could be num- who could be the number one target on some NFL teams? Harrison Jr. would be the first pick selected in the 2024 draft, but he'll be in the uh, conversation. Inkabuka, uh, sorry if I'm fucking these names up bad, won't be the first uh, wide receiver selected in the 2024 draft, but he'll be in the uh, conversation. Fleming is more than just a number three receiver, third on the team with 533 catches last year. Styles is a dangerous get from Notre Dame, and Stovers is an NFL tight end who finished third with 36 catches, and it's Ohio State. It's a way deep with young talent waiting to shine. Williams and Henderson seem likely they should have been in the league a long time ago. But but they're still rolling with one of the best one-two rushing combinations. Henderson was banged up. Oh, Henderson was banged up a big, a big, a big last year, a bit last year. But he was still effective when he got his uh, chance. Williams is more than just a normal fill-in. Consider them a 1A and 1B on the depth chart, averaging 6.7 yards per carry over his career with 15 touchdowns last season. It continues to be one of the more unappreciated aspects of Ohio State's runoff offense greatness. The line has been phenomenal. They might they might they might not be as powerful as huge as Wisconsin or Alabama but they have been every bit as talented and as productive as the other uh colleges there's not that's not about to stop even with tackle Johnson leaving for Arizona and Jones leaving for Cleveland now, along with oh that, along with uh, Wiper, he left for Cleveland too, and their uh, Simmons left for San Diego, and guards uh, 
Jackson will be uh, going in the NFL next. So they still got talent coming up in the line, it looks like. Now we're talking about the defense. It's not like there isn't any talent on the defensive side, but over the last two NFL drafts, 10 Buckeyes, off, 10 Buckeyes offensive players have been selected and just were taken from the defensive side. And just two were taken from the defensive side. We're also de- dealing with a sliding scale here due to errors in current offense. But it's not like the glitch has been completely fixed. More than one, more than one, more than Oh, fixed more on... Okay, never mind. They'll talk about that later, they said. Overall, the D is the great... Overall, the D was the great last season. And it will be even stronger and more experienced. (coughs) This year, it was 12th in the nation. And the total D was 24th in scoring defense. It was terrific on third downs. The secondary got ripped up when it uh, counted. Penn State, Sean Clifford threw three picks, but he also threw for 371 yards and three touchdowns in the Buckeyes' win. Michigan and Georgia each averaged over 11 yards per pass. Berkey is a future NFL corner, and Davison is coming in from Ole Miss to handle the other side. But you picked off as many passes last year as the uh, Buckeyes corners did. Ranson and Proctor are soldier safe or solid safeties. But again, the picks they need to get picks. The linebackers, Eckenberg, led the uh, team with 120 stops last year and 12 tackles for losses. Chambers was second with 77 tackles. And they were about to do it all again with Cody uh, Simmons, a good veteran behind them. The line might not be the team's biggest strength, but it's not far off. The in combination of JT and Jack Swire is, uh, is awesome. And two... Tumualua is one of is one is the one guy that can receive with an honest shot of being the first Buckeye off the NFL board. In the tackle combination of Hall and Hamilton and Williams and Old Miss uh, transfer uh, Mo- Molin will be good. So it looks like they're gonna have a good season again this year. So. Buckeyes are always having a pretty decent cheer. You know what I mean? All right, guys, going to take a quick break, and we're going to go to the NFL. Well, how's everybody doing today? It's your good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash, the most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas? trash about and who is it some bitch uncle boo well uncle boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today babies 
We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of borderline Texas trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dickie, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, baby. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dine with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. Well, I am back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking for my notes. I did. Oh, I got it rolled down. <laughs> All right, guys and girls, let's go over the NFL. Nothing really major happening. Uh, they should be starting their uh, spring spring practice training camp pretty soon. I did the uh, schedule on the last episode. But we are going to go over the people are being inducted for the Hall of Fame this year. And uh, this is the 2023 class. We got Rondé Barber, the Tampa Bay corner, who played for 16 years there. Now, his brother, remember, was the court, was the running back for the Giants. And it was very awesome getting to watch them two play. They were very talented and very good. But uh, Rondé Barber is getting inducted in. Then we have Darrell Revis. Uh, he was a corner who played for the Jets and in, in the Bucks and the Chiefs. Ugh, Chiefs. He's being inducted. And he was a very, very good corner, too. Then we have Joe Thompson, who's a lineman who played for the Browns for 11 years. He's going to be inducted. Then we have one of the best linebackers, the best linebacker that ever came out of fucking Texas Tech, and one of the best linebackers that ever came out of the state of Texas. Zach Thomas, man. This guy was awesome. He played 13 years. He played 12 for the Dolphins. In his last season, he played with the Cowboys. Then we have defensive end Demarcus Ware, who was very awesome. He played for the Cowboys and the Broncos. 
He was damn good. Then we have uh, Don Ka- uh, Carroll, who was the head coach of the Cardinals and the Chargers back in the late 60s, early 70s, and in the 80s he was a coach. So Then uh, we have Chuck Howley. He played for the Bears and the Cowboys for 15 years. He played in the NFL. He was a lineman. Uh, then we have Joe Kiwaku, who was an outside tackle for the Jets for 12 years. I've seen film of him. He was pretty good, but he was way before my time. Then we have defensive back Ken Riley, played for the Bengals for 15 years, and he was a very, very good player too. Very good. <coughs> All right. Well... Let's uh, get on with some wrestling. What do you say? All right, man. We're going to get into some wrestling now, fellas and ladies. All right. We're going to go over the WWE NXT. This is from Tuesday, 7-4-2023. First match was Roxanne Paris. Versus Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport won that one. Then we had Tyler Bate going up against Musafa Ali. Musafa Ali won that one. They sure bounced him around. NXT, main roster, back. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Uh, Third match. Third match was the NXT Underground match with Eddie Thorpe and Damian Kemp. And Eddie Thorpe won. Then the last match was the loser leaves the NXT. The Creed Brothers versus the uh, Diet and the Diet one. Sorry if I'm saying that one wrong too. I don't watch a whole lot of NXT. Uh, anyways, they won. So I guess the Creed have to leave the NXT now. It's getting juicy. <laughs> All right, that was uh, NXT. You know. Oh, once again, I here's Monday Night Raw. Let me do it first. Well, I've already done that one. All right, Monday Night Raw. This was from 7-3-2023. First match, we had Damian Priest going up against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Damian Priest won. Then we had a tag match with... See, and I hate this when there's so many fucking tag teams. Uh, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Nikki Cross and Emma. And then we had Donna Brooke and Tyja Knox. Then we had Caden Cutter and Kathy, uh, Kathina Chance. And then we had India Hardwell and... Chance LaRose, Candice LaRose. And the winner of that was Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville, or Soya Deville. Soya, Sonia, it's Sonia, you dumbass. I'm a retard sometimes. Sorry, I didn't mean to fit anybody by saying that. Okay, tag team match. We had Alpha Academy going up against the Viking Warriors, and the Alpha Academy won. That match was pretty good. I liked it. Then we had a Women's World Champion match. Rhea Ripley against uh, Natalia, and Rhea Ripley won. I really like Rhea Ripley, man. She's fucking awesome. 
Then we had Matt Riddle going up against uh, one of Gunther's guys. I'm going to trash his name. I Go Von Vunky or whatever. Matt Riddle won that one. I like Matt Riddle too. Then we had Seth Rollins going up against Dominic. And Seth Rollins won. And he's 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 hitting his stride pretty good. He's doing all right. You know what I mean? All right. All right. Then we had AEW, which was 7-5-2023 on Wednesday. First match we had there was a Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. Why do they got to make some of their fucking match names so goddamn long? I mean, geez, it's like a goddamn paragraph. Uh, Let me see here. We had Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee going up against Derby Allen and Orange Cassidy. And Derby Allen and Orange Cassidy won. And Swerve and Keith Lee are still having some problems against each other there. Then in the second match, we had the acclaimed with Daddy Ass uh, going up against the uh, Bullywood Boys and Blade. And the acclaimed and Daddy Ass won. That was a pretty decent match. Uh, number three. Number three was another Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. Wisconsin, Virginia, Double Cheeseburger, Hold the May- Mayo, Florida, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, London match. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's how long they got to make them. Really, it was just a blind eliminator tag team tournament. But Jesus. Wish they'd narrow that down. We had MJF and Adam Cole, of course, their tag team partners for this. They went up against Matt Martin and The Butcher and MJF and Adam Cole won. See how how MJF's trying to be all buddy-buddy with Adam Cole now? But he still takes the spotlight from him. That's what's fucking hilarious. Oh, God. I like MJF. I like Adam Cole, too. He's he's pretty goddamn good. Um, what was it the third match? Fourth match was the Women's Owens Hart Cup Tournament with Ruby Solo, Dr. Britt Baker, and Ruby Solo won. Uh, then the fifth match, we had Wheeler Yuta going up against Kenny Omega. And Wheeler Yuta won that one. And that was it. Besides the promos and mic talk. And that was that was the match layout. Now let's go with AEW Rampage for seven for seven seven. But it was taped on the fifth. Yeah, usually they do the rampages right after um, Dynamite. That's what I heard. All right. We had a blind eliminator tag team tournament qualifier. God damn why it's got to be so long. Blind eliminator tag team tournament qualifier. Danielle Garcia and Sammy Guevara went up against Matt Hardy and Jeff uh, Jarrett. And Daniel Garcia and Sammy Garcia, Sammy Garcia, Sammy Guevara won. Then we had, oh look, we had Sheeta, who defeated uh, Marina Schiffer. Then we had another blind eliminator tag team tournament qualifier match on the, Jesus, uh, Brian Cage and Big Bill. 
beat Trent Breda and Matt Matt Saida. Then we had the Dark Order a tag team match going going up against the Elite with Adam Hangman and the Young Fucks. I mean Bucks. I'm sorry about that. Um, and the uh, Dark Order one. So, yeah, that's how Rampage went. It's only an hour show, so it's not a two-hour show like, um, you know, the other show. What's it called? Dynamite. Dynamite. All right, then we got the WWE on Friday on 7-7-2023. First was the Usos and Solo and Paul Heyman. And they were uh, doing the uh, tribal chief was on on trial, I guess. The trial of the tribal chief, and it turned out to be pretty good. Uh, Solo and uh, Rain, Roman Reigns lured uh, Uso in and racked him and beat the fuck out of both of them. And then they uh, came back to, and I think Jay and uh, Roman are gonna fight. So that should be a good match. Probably it's gonna be at SummerSlam. But our next match was the WWE United States Championship match with Austin Theory going up against Sheamus. And, of course, he had his cronies with him. And Austin Theory won. And then the uh, third match was AJ Styles going up against uh, Karrion Cross, and AJ Styles won that one. They're having a pretty good little uh, rival here. Then uh, last, the last match was Grayson Walker uh, defeated, or Edge defeated Grayson uh, Waller. So, that's what's happening in the land of wrestling. Well, oh, I forgot. I got to do collision. All right. Our last show to go over was Saturday night, last night. And it was AEW Collision. And it was 7 8 of 2023. Saturday night, baby. First match was an Owen Hart Foundation tournament semifinal. You had Ricky Starks going up against Powerhouse Hobbs. And Ricky Starks won. Which was a pretty good match. Then we had a second match. It was Julia Hart against Bambi Hall. And Julia Hart won. Then we had the AEW Tag Team Championship Elimination Match. FR against the Bullet Club. And the Bullet Club won. See, this is what I don't get. FTR is a, one of the best fucking tag teams in the world. But AEW constantly just fucking... Squishes them. Ah, we can beat them. They can beat them. They never hardly get the. They never hardly get the belt, you know. And they get in tournaments and ah, well, they're not that good. So we're just gonna let them get out the first. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! You're managing them worse than the fucking WWE did. Jesus. But anyways. The fourth match was Scorpio Sky against Action Andrade, and Scorpio Sky won. Last match of the night was the Owen Hart, Owen Hart Foundation uh, Tournament semifinal. 
CM Punk against Samoa Joe. That was a very, 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 very good match, man. Uh, CM Punk won it, so yeah, boy. Oh, well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show today. Just want to say you guys um, are awesome. You're awesome, awesome, awesome. But I just want to say thank you for listening to the show. I'm going to close it up and wrap it up here. I will be back next weekend with the weekly updates of wrestling and football. And I'm going to make this show better for you. But until then, we will see you later, guys. This has been Stephen Booth with uh, When Sports Collide, Football and Wrestling, baby. We'll holler at you later. Be good, man.